This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Just like that, kicking off the final hour on this Tuesday edition. Hot Mike with Utney Withrow across the Outkick Network. That's right. Flying by today. Absolutely. Uh, Really excited to uh, tip off the hour here with Robert Ory. Chad, we we enjoy uh, several things about Robert Ory. Clutch. Very clutch. That's one word that comes to mind. Alpha. Consistent. Champion. Uh, And... uh, Joins us on the show right now. As a Tennessee guy, I don't love the Alabama part, <laughs> oh, but every, yeah. everything else I, I love about Robert Oy. Robert, how are you, man? Man, we gave you all your one win last year. Be happy. <laughs> <laughs> Robert, I'm good. How you guys are we, doing, good. Do you, Hey, do you prefer Big Shot Bob or Big Shot Rob? We had this discussion earlier. You know what? Um, I think Bob sounds better. Um, Rob, I don't care. You know, you can drop, drop Bob and Rob and say, hey, yo, what's up, Big Shot? <laughs> it works, too. Robert Ory uh, here with us, courtesy of Bet Online. You can check out Bet Online for updated NBA title, conference, division, and awards odds, plus updated win totals and player stats. Uh, NBA uh, tipping off tonight. Would, can you get on board with the idea of pushing back the start of the season? Um, you, you think about it. It's like when I played, start of the season always happened on Halloween night. You know, it happened around that. But does it? I think now they're doing it earlier so your guys can get more games in between. Okay. You don't have to play that many back-to-back games. So I'm fine with it. Um, I just want to see NBA action because I, I love NBA basketball. And whatever's best for the players, I think, you know, Adam Silver's going to figure it out. For sure. And I, I uh, you know, in the, in the height of my NBA fandom, uh, Christmas Day was always when I generally <laughs> really dove in. It's the unofficial mm-hmm. opening day. It, I mean, it, uh, <laughs> yes, and, it is. And I've had a rule, and I'm just being honest with you. I've had a rule with Chad or anyone in the studio behind the scenes. Tell me when there's three minutes left in a game in the regular season, because that's when it's go time for me. It's a 10 point game, three minutes left. I want to watch that finish because of the game of runs. I want to see more uh, competitive action. I wonder if we if we push back the season, reduced it a bit. I like the in season tournament. I'm intrigued by it. Mm, me too. I just don't. I can't get into it in October when I know that traditionally I'm really paying attention come Christmas. Well, you can't get into it in October because, you know, you got don't know who's going to win the college national championship right now. Okay. The NFL is crazy. And look, we got finally got someone in the, in the world series that aren't the Dodgers or the Astros. So <laughs> you think about all these sports that's going on in the NBA seasons, Tanner's like a, you know, a side note, but I, I get what you're saying. And a lot of people use Christmas day, or at the All-Star is one of those marks for the NBA. But these are all perfect games for the NBA. They can fill in, the, fill in that void for one of those, when those, you know, think about it. football only plays on Sunday. You need something to keep you, keep you entertained until Sunday. And I think that's what the NBA does. They keep you entertained until there's no more football and no more baseball. And there's only basketball and hockey left. Robert, how much how much does Victor Wimbenyama playing for a, another one of your former teams, the Spurs? How much does that help the initial interest in the NBA? Because 
this is a player unlike most. There's only a handful of guys that's been this hyped coming into their rookie year in the NBA. How much can that help early season attention around the, the league? A, a lot. And if you watch and with social media today and his highlights, this highlights and the things he's able to do with the ball, off the ball, um, you think about the shots he's blocking. He's coming from the block and blocking someone who's shooting a three shot. And this, what he's able to do is incredible. I think the intrigue of is he going to live up to the hype is going to have people tuning in. Will he be able to be that next guy like a LeBron who had all the hype to live up to the hype? And I think he's in the perfect situation. You know, he's with Pop, so he's not going to have that much media attention because they're going to keep him at bay as much as possible. But I think the kid has a, a huge upside. If you watch him play and some of the things he's able to do, it, 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 they're, draw, they're jaw-dropping. So I, I look at you as a guy from a different era of the NBA, so I think I know your answer to this question, but I, I have to <laughs> pose it anyway uh, because you do work and cover the league now as well. Load management is a hot-button issue across the league, right? It's divisive for fans, divisive for certain coaches, players, everyone around the league when you look at what's been done in recent history around the league. Where, where do you stand on the idea of load management? I thought, I think load management should only apply to two people in the league right now. That's LeBron James and Chris Paul. And I say to, and maybe Katie, I say it to those guys because I played against them. And so that means they're old. And, <laughs> and I, I, I don't believe in it because think about this. The league is doing so much to try to, you know, give these these guys opportunity to rest. Why do teams need to give them opportunities to rest also? And also, if you think about in the era where we played in, we had back-to-backs. My, my rookie year, I flew commercial. And so you got things like that that can, you know, put you in a position of getting injured and guys didn't get injured that much. And it's amazing how now we talk about load management and protecting these players when like all these players are sitting out anyway, and they still get hurt. So there has to be something that's going on in the system. That's not right. You know, my favorite line is like, Oh, we built different. Yeah. You built a little different. You stay hurt. You know, we didn't get hurt as much as you guys. <laughs> do. And so you built a little different. <laughs> Well, and, and the, you know, the way you mentioned it, flying commercial, someone might say, oh, wow, you had to fly a commercial. That's a big deal when you're, you know, seven foot tall. When <laughs> yes. your entire team is, you know, six, eight plus and the size of you guys, right? That's it's a big deal when you're six, five. That's an uncomfortable flight. I'm six, three, and it's uncomfortable for me, <laughs> right? Uh, I, how about being a rookie and not having a first class seat and you had to sit in the back and they didn't have exit row where you could sit in the exit row. You just sit in the seat for like eight hours like this. Hey, man going from Seattle to New York. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> but it's the little things like that that are big things, right? When you see advances, oh, yeah. advancements, changes in the game, the way travel's done, everything else, it, it's a lot yes. different. Yes. I had the opportunity to go on the Rockets plane. The plane that Tillman did for the Rockets, I'm like, man, if we would have had this plane when we played, whoo, and, and, and the nourishments they have on the plane, the supplements, I'm like, wow, I could have probably paid 20 years in the league like a LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> Big shot, Bob, with us, uh, courtesy of Bet Online. Uh, your you, the shot that you consider to be the most clutch of your career, which would be which one? Um, had to be a shot with the Lakers when I was at home playing the Sacramento Kings in the playoffs. Um, even what I did against, you know, in Game Five of the Finals against Detroit, um, that was done on the road. So it was, you know, that to me is, is great because you did it on the road. But to be able to hit a shot in a series where against our, our rivals at home and let the fans chant your name on the ego side of it, <laughs> it, it it's, it's large for me, man. And, you know, also growing up a Laker fan and, 
And to be able to do that is is one of my best and most favorite shots. You know, with our, whatever I did in Detroit is a, a really, really close close second. Did you ever feel like it, with the way other teams perceived you on the court in late game situations, did it ever go from, okay, the decoy is going to be over here, and if I'm open, I'm going to take the <laughs> shot to, okay, now you're the focal point when you're out there. And other teams really had to know – this is a guy that's going to take this shot and make it, and we better know where he is at all times. Uh, it's, it's weird. I've only heard that once, and that was by the late, great Kobe Bryant. We was playing him, and, and he told Carl Malone, do not leave him. And Carl actually left me, but I missed the shot, though. And he was oh. like, I told you not to leave him. <laughs> but, um, no, it's, it's so weird. And, and even in the huddles, when we running up, when we drawing up a plays, I'm sitting there like, y'all do know I'm the best option you have right now. Draw the play up for me. And then I see the play drawn up. I says, oh, the play is for me. Because smart teams don't let the first play happen. And the second option is always me. I said, yep, this is my play. <laughs> so I, I enjoy it. I, I, love being, I love being out there. I love being in those pressure moments. I love trying to step up and earn the name. Big shot. Which team were you on where you could have won your eighth title instead of just seven? I, I, it's definitely San Antonio. Um, I don't know if you remember this. We was... We went into overtime with the Dallas Mavericks. And we you know Mono Ginobili fouled Dirk Nowitzki, went to the free throw line. He made that one, and we, we went into overtime. Eventually lost that game. But that team in 2006, we should we should have three-peated that year. That 2016, you know, we had that little hiccup. You know, Dallas went on to win that series, and Dallas went on to beat, I think it was Miami, Miami or something. Yes. Miami. Yeah, so there's, you know, they, you know, I love – D-Wade, but there's no one man could beat the San Antonio Spurs when you have a team that can play the defense like the Spurs play. We proved that, you know, in the next year with LeBron and now he was able to dismount on Detroit. I mean, you know, two, yeah, dismount on Detroit and we was able to win that. But I just think the Spurs should have went three-peated that year, 2006, and we didn't. Take us behind the scenes a bit with just some of the former players that are, are and, and LeBron's a part of this too. Uh, mm -hmm. Shaq wants a piece, I think, of of Las Vegas. Uh, how many players are talking about wanting a piece of the Vegas franchise when it's available, which I mean, it's available. Hey, it's only the players who have access to billionaires. Yeah. <laughs> LeBron and Shaq are the only ones that have access to billionaires. And I think, you know, every guy wants to be like a Michael Jordan, like a Magic Johnson to have a piece of the team because they want to cement this thing called a legacy. You know, what better than to start out in humble beginnings, you know, work your way up through the ranks, play for a team and own a team. I think LeBron, and Shaq is, you know, those two guys are probably the only guys in the league to have a good chance. Unless they put a team back in Seattle where, you know, we know Sean, Kim, and Gary Pregnant really want some hands in that. But I think it's going to be hard um, not to put a team in Vegas because you got the Aces who just won a championship. You got the Golden Knights who won championship. And, you know, I'm a Raider fan, but don't look like the Raiders are going to win no championship no time soon. <laughs> but, you know, you think about every – and then baseball is going in. There's a there's every major franchise is a team in Vegas, so there has to be a basketball in and I think Adam's not going to let that, you know, not, not happen, not, but not putting a team there. So it's going to be interesting to see who gets to, you know, who gets part owner of that team. Hell, you know, if I had the money in the back and I throw my name in the hat <laughs> also because what's better than owning an NBA team? I feel, so much clout. Especially in that market. Yeah, and I feel exactly. like with every other sport, Robert, there's a lot of questions about what market should get, you know, what team or, mm -hmm. you know, the, should it be Nashville or Charlotte, you know, for Major League Baseball or whatever. With the NBA – I guess two-part question. Is it time to expand for the league? And are there any other options in Seattle and Vegas, which seem to be the two no-brainer markets to bring a team? You know, 
if you look at, I think, you know, Vancouver had a really great following in basketball. If you want to go back up to Canada, I think Vancouver is one. Um, I, I think, you know, Seattle, you know, they was, a, I love playing in Seattle. They, has a, they have a huge following, but I don't think any other cities really need one because, you know, even though I'm from the great state of Alabama, I don't think one city in Alabama can, you know, afford a team or ha- handle a team. You know, so I just think when you look at the overall and what, you know, the dynamics are and the demographics and what can actually bring money, you think about it. If you put a team in Vegas, you got this, that's a destination city. You know, every weekend game is probably going to be sold out because all the casinos are probably going to own suites and they're going to put their whales in these seats. So I think, you know, that is the obvious option. But you know what? You can, I always say this. Put two teams in the West and move Memphis to the East. And then you ain't got to worry about it. Everybody is the right number of teams in each part of the league. So it's just just do that. Adam, you hear me? <laughs> oh, oh, he's listening to you. Uh, oh, your idea. Not Rob- us. He'll listen to you, not us. Robert Ory with us, courtesy of Bet Online. Final thing for you, uh, your MVP favorite right now. And give us a sleeper for most valuable player at the end of all of this. I, I think, you know, everybody thinks that Jokic is going to win it again because, you know, let's, let's be honest, he could have won it last year. Um, but my sleeper to me is Shea, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I think now with Chet on that team, back on that team, he can stay healthy. They're going to put more wins up. You know, he's, you know, that mark has been known to, you know, produce the MVP and, and Westbrook when they won like a top 10, top five team. I think the way he plays and the way he can compete is, is that guy that can, you know, win it win MVP, even though his odds were 14 to one. I like that, you know, and then who knows if Booker can carry them and be the leading scorer on that Phoenix Suns team. I'd like him also. He's 18 and one, but I just, I just think to me, I don't know why I'm just in love with Shea Gilders Alexander. I think he's that guy that can, you know, sneak in there and win MVP. One of the greatest winners and clutch performers, Robert Ori has been our guest. Pleasure to have you on the show, man. Let's do this again soon and uh, have a great season courtside uh, calling those games being a part of all <laughs> man, that this has been a pleasure man make sure you guys get me on here again I, I, it, right. it's been fun this cool, is fun. cool customer right. We'll right tell there. some sec stories when you come back on that's right exactly yeah. i need to talk about how bad tennessee is and my bet with peyton manning <laughs> and he always has to send me a signed hundred dollar bill <laughs> we definitely have to get you back how many of those did you get how many i of those only got three oh, okay well i mean you've got three Hey, but one of them, I could I could sell one and make up a lot of money. That's with right. It. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Valuable. That's Join valuable LeBron role. and Shaq by doing that. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, Thanks, Robert. All right, guys, take care. Big shot, Bob. There, Robert Ward. Chad, I'm glad you brought up Bob because I was I've always said Rob. Yeah, I, I was thinking about it on just, like I said on the way over. I, I've always known as Big Shot Bob, but I have heard Big Shot Rob before too. So you're not the only one that says that. Uh, cool dude. Yeah. Great talking to him. You know, the way I, I look at Robert Ory is as this stoic figure that he was always a cool customer, Low but key. you could not see any emotion on his face yeah. at any Those time. Are the killers. So talking to yeah. him and that actually fit, fits the getting his clutch. personality, he's just a fun loving guy, laughing, giggling. You know, you wouldn't think about that. I don't know if he'd be uh, stoked about me saying he's a giggler, but you know what I'm saying? Like laughing at what he's saying, like not relax. That's not at all what I expected. I I expected more stoicism from Big Shot, uh, Big Shot Bob. That was fun. And few and far between. Not a fan of load management, too. No. Were we? No. Uh, Few and far between, though, when you get the ball, want the ball when you're not the guy. Right. And you you want the ball when it's your when it's your turn and you know you're going to make the shot. Yeah. And time and time again, Ori would do it. And he wanted it every time, too. 
Interesting his point about load management should apply to three guys. LeBron James, Chris Paul, Kevin Durant. He said, I know because I played against all three of those guys, which means they're all older. That sounds fine, and I would love to reduce it down to just the older players that really need it. The problem with that is, though, you're hurting the fan because those are the three guys. If you circled three guys in the league right now, Hutton, and said, who would you buy a ticket to see before they retire? That's a legendary type player. Those are the three guys. But here's the other thing. They're going into a television. That's that's up there in their career. They're going into a television negotiation. They've just redone the NBA Players Association and uh, CBA that's locked up for 10 years now. They, those, at least two of those pl- players, Durant and LeBron, Chris Paul as well, you will tune in to watch. You may not buy yeah. a ticket out of market, right? You're not going to the game. You'll tune in to watch. And, and that's, that's, that's the key. Them. That's the key. Is you don't want them sitting out load management style whenever it's time to be on ABC or whoever ends up with the contract moving forward. That's a big part of all of it, and I'm here for it. I want to see the best players on the court. Coming up, Michigan sign-stealing and the very latest with all of the videos that are circulating. Well, thanks to Robert Ory for joining us. Also, John McClain. Six of the Peabody are located with Yab Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine to top my with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network. Chet, um, when the NCAA is out to get you, they will get you. For what penalty? It really doesn't matter. You know why? Because when they bait the water, the investigative team of the NCAA has traditionally been the media. They allow the media to bring the evidence and from there they get involved and try to hand out the the heavy hand what the biggest story right now with michigan and the sign stealing well there's you've got connor stallions you have connor stallions and you know he's buying tickets he's suspended with pay while this investigation goes on by the university by the athletic department and jim harbaugh and sends out a statement saying no knowledge you know, he, he wasn't the one that was implementing that. Um, and all, all the while, videos are now surfacing on social media of Connor Stallions on the sideline next to offensive and defensive coordinators as the opponent is on the field, standing next to those play callers and letting them know as he watches across to the other sideline what signs are coming in. The same sideline that Jim Harbaugh is pacing up and down. So does he know about this? Absolutely he knew about this. And that therein lies, the, to me, the, the scandal part of where we are with this story. It's so obvious what they're doing in the videos that have surfaced through you know, local TV outlets and more, even dating back to last year's Ohio State matchup, where Stallions is... Oh, on the other side, uh, on the sideline, staring down what is uh, the Ohio State offensive signal callers. And then as Ohio State turns and looks to the sideline for the signal of what play they're going to run based on the defensive formation, Stallions then turns to the defensive coordinator, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden what do you see? 
all these different signals to the Michigan defense on how to adjust to what they just saw on the opposite sideline. Well, the plaque or the really damning piece of evidence is zooming in, which you're, if you're watching, you're seeing uh, uh, on the photo of it's pretty clear when you get really close to it. It's, it's, it's a placard of hand signals and what each one equates to getting the signs from other teams and stealing them and showing exactly what's going on. He's also at different times standing next to the defensive coordinator and then going and standing next to the offensive right. coordinator. This is clear cut. I mean, we can sit here and play the game of, well, innocent until proven guilty and who knows. And you don't hire an analyst from the Naval Academy that lists on their LinkedIn profile they're going to revolutionize the game of football and how they handle intelligence from a Marine Corps standpoint and then have that person Venmo other scouts and analysts to go to games to scout people and buy one ticket on each side and then have all of this evidence and multiple Big Ten teams turning you in over it without it being the case. Let, let's be real honest Sure. Here. And Michigan fans know it. Oh, you can see it. They know they're caught red-handed. They know this is going on. The only fallback for Michigan right now, honestly, and it's an old tried and true fallback on something is, well, everyone else is doing it. We're not the only ones doing it, right? That's That's always the thing. We're not the only ones paying players. We're not the only ones doing it. And that is true when it comes to paying players Former coaches have admitted to uh, anonymously to outlets about what they were doing. Um, there's an ESPN report about what other coaches are saying about sign stealing. And, you know, it was, it's going on. The difference is, Chad, you mentioned this earlier in the show. Uh, it's not obvious. It's not it, obvious. It's not obvious. And I, I have, have you seen account? I haven't seen many accounts of people saying they went to this extent of buying tickets and going to games and doing that. Well, there, there was one account of they wouldn't send staffers. They would send fans. Yeah. They would send their fans. Well, that's, that's the way to do it. On behalf of said program. And then they could, they could report back. Report back. There's an easy way to do this if you have someone attached to the program and they're really good at picking these up. Could just report back face-to-face or write something down on what it is and what they found and present to you written reports where there's no electronic trail of it. I think what gets me more than anything about this whole Michigan part of it, Hutton, is Jim Harbaugh's just utter lack of regard for authority. I mean, he, he, he is God in his eyes. He thinks he's completely right. Nothing he's doing is wrong. He felt that way with the first NCAA investigation. And I'm not here to relitigate what went on with the suspension and the hamburger being paid for. And other th- it wasn't just a hamburger. The NCAA came out and said it was illegal practices during COVID-19 shutdowns. There were a lot of other things that went on with it. But Jim Harbaugh doesn't care. Uh, his complete disregard for the rules in this this case and how brazen he was with Connor Stallions and how it went down, I, I don't think he's coaching college football after this year. I, I've really turned on this to where it's not just he's going to go to the NFL. I, I think because of a lengthy suspension or possible show cause with this, he's going to be forced to go to the NFL. I think he wants to now anyways because the NCAA does have him in the crosshairs. And they're not going to be done until they get their flesh from him. I think he's gone, but I don't know that he's going to have the option at this point. This looks really bad. Well, this is just at uh, at ESPN. Uh, they mentioned uh, Jamie Grant before he entered the Florida House of Representatives. He was um, the on the equipment staff for Auburn football in the early 2000s. And his responsibilities were more than just loading and unloading the bus. 
he assisted the coaches. And his quote here is, I was going to hold two footballs, and my only job was to try and pick up intel. That's on the record today at ESPN. So, and, and then the report goes on, Chad. This is through Adam Rittenberg. Uh, when it comes to sign stealing in college football, a consensus among coaches about what is unequivocally wrong is hard to find. Grant said Auburn tried to decipher signs only in real time, and because of that, they never felt like they were crossing the line. But talk to enough coaches, and you'll find shades of gray where they search for a competitive advantage. Paranoia is rampant, rationalizing the kind of behavior uh, the American Football Coaches Association uh, director Todd Berry says is at, at the very least unethical. But unethical and uh, against the rules is well, they're two different things. You know, one one is something that's just an unsaid rule, unwritten rule, which is not a rule. Just a, an under, it's understood you don't do this type of agreement. Um, so it, it, it's the straight lie, and it, it, it's also just the total disregard for being caught. And, and I just but don't know it, that it anyone is, that's gone to this extent. Well, that's, well, that's what I mean. But, and if they have, Chad, they haven't been this stupid about it. Like, it's, not like, it's not like Stallions is in the, in the box with binoculars. He is literally right next to the offensive and defensive play caller. And you think it, it's not like both were in the box. There, there's a reason why both coordinators are on the sideline. Because Connor Stallions wanted to speak to both guys. Sometimes you have the defensive coordinator who wants to be on the sideline with his players. Maybe the OC wants to be up in the box. Not the case here. I don't think there's any coincidence to that. Um, Allie in the YouTube chat says, this is like the Astros saying everyone else is stealing signs or they were giving them away. Like, what? That's not what we're talking about here. Well, I mean, but there was most, a rule written that you can't use the electronic Yeah, feed. most uh, – let's, let's be clear, though, here. Most everyone does try to steal signs. Right. That's not a rule in college football. So, to say that is correct. When I say – I'm not saying everyone does it. I'm just saying the only fallback that Michigan has in this instance is to go prove a lot of other schools are doing the exact same thing. I don't think they're going to find that. Why? Because I don't think any schools are doing the exact same thing. I think you're going to be hard-pressed to find a program scouting. dumb enough to hire a kid who legitimately is saying in his bio he's the director of intelligence. Yeah, He's a CIA operative for your program. That's what he was hired to do. And for Jim Harbaugh to claim ignorance, it's bad for him. He's lying. That written statement is a lie. He knows what Connor Stallions is up to. He knows what's going on. Look, this is bad for him. I'm, I'm not condoning anything going on, but to act like other programs aren't trying to steal signs, Hutton's got the report that's from anonymous coaches about what all they do to try to steal signs. Do I think someone's this dumb about it? No. And here's the part of it that really bothers me about Harbaugh is the compounding factor to it. You were dumb about things that went on with the NCAA investigation that got you pinched for three games before. Got your program in some trouble. And then while all this is going on, you never thought, hey, you know, maybe we change his bio online. Or maybe we have Connor not Venmo guys on our staff to go to games to scout signs from opponents in the front row. Maybe we shouldn't be doing that. He never thought that way. So That's the problem I have with it. Here, here's the thing, though. Jim Knowles, who's now the defensive coordinator at Ohio State, told ESPN in December that he estimated 75% of teams sign steal in some form. Keep that in mind. 
That's the Ohio State defensive coordinator. That was in December. Now, now let, let me ask you this about Ohio State, too. Go ahead. When he says that, do you think that um, Ohio State is one of the 75% that tries I mean, to steal it signs? Would, would be, I mean, to me, if you're in a Power 5 and you're, you're – you're, yeah. If you're keeping up with the Joneses on facilities, you're not going to try to do this as far as the analytical and the, the, the intellect would be uh, helpful. Um, here, here's, the, here's the other thing, Well, Jeff. look, if Ohio State's the one that turned them in, I, I don't know. I, I don't think they're doing to this extent. You better be sure that you're buttoned up and not doing the exact same thing. Well, the scouting is It's one thing to try to catch it during the game. Right. It's another thing to be sending Connor Stallions from the U.S. Naval Academy out as your director of intelligence as an operative across the Big Ten. You better be sure that if you're reporting someone, you're not doing the same thing. So the executive director, Chad, of the American Football Coaches Association is Todd Barry. And let me scroll to his quote here. I'm going to admit to this. He was last a head coach at Louisiana Monroe. This is 2015. I'm going to admit to this. I would have fans that would go to opponents' games and film their sidelines and film just on their phones, their smartphones, and then send me that stuff. But he added, it didn't, I didn't look at it because that was wrong. But what? he would, yeah, again, it, so when, when, other, when Michigan is saying others have been doing this, you have the executive director of the American Football Coaches Association admitting that he did it, and he's also calling it unethical. So I'm, I'm, I'm torn on this. When you have, on the record, the director of the American Football Coaches Association admitting that he would send, a fan, he would send fans with their phones, and then he would have them send it back. But he wouldn't look at it? Come on. Why did he have him do it? He said, he said, Why would you have him do it if you don't look at it? Right. I'm I didn't confused. look at it because that was wrong. Barry said, you can call coaches paranoid. But I will tell you this. Anybody that denies it and says, oh, nobody's doing that, that is ridiculous. That's silly to even think that. So, I, I mean, there, in that organization that he runs, has 10,000 members. Um, so... He's speaking as the director of that group. I think the, the whole thing is you're just turning them in because they're extremely good at it and they're not hiding it. And you hate Michigan. And you know, if they can get some meat on the bone with Harbaugh, now's the time to do it because he's not going to be there for very long. Onward to the NFL. Yeah, I mean, look, I, that, that's certainly part of it because maybe Isn't they're that better quote, than everyone though? else. But also maybe they're better than everyone else at doing it because they're doing more than everyone else in terms of their system they have in place. Well, the closest I've heard to someone admitting that they were doing the same thing is Todd Barry sending fans instead of an operative. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I just, again, it's the... The, the one it's thing a, that it's takes a, it to it's the next level... It's a stupid tax. Well, the thing, but is it illegal? That, that's the thing that is... When the coaches are like, well, it's just unethical. But is the NCAA going to be able to say this violates the very vague rule and it, they they kind of hint at it's not looked on favorably but they never outright say well it's against the rules you can't in-person scout period there's nothing written about sign stealing per se but you cannot have paid employees in-person scouting that went away in 1995 that's what they're so, in violation of when this thing is written up it's not going to say anything about stealing signs going to say all the times they violated the in-person scouting rules. That's how you skirt the rule, Hutton, is send a fan. You send a fan, and then suddenly you're not doing it. They're not associated just, with the program. They're not on staff. I just find it interesting that while this is going on, you have those that are saying, oh, yeah, we did it, and here's the closest thing we did, but we didn't look, I didn't look at it. Well, Todd so, Barry sounds dumb to say that. 
Why, why would you have a fan do it and go through that effort and not look at the video? I know. Um, and, and there are other coaches in, the, in here that, that say he, they can get everything they need off of just the coach's tape, the all 22, where you can zoom in and do things. Um, and he said, he said, give me three or four games. I can have everything I need to know. Now, the other difference to this is you've got the guy who's doing it on the sideline with your coordinator about to call in their play or their, they're going to adjust their defense or audible to something else or make sure when the quarterback looks to the sideline, here's what we know they're about to run against you. That's, that's the huge uh, I just, jump to I, me. I, I it's think, so obvious. I think there's been a pretty the obvious big jump here. Uh, I, I, think, I think Michigan's gone well above and beyond. Well, they have a guy that's the director of this that's been doing it, that was hired as a Marine to help them with their intelligence. Yeah. I, I think they're probably quite guilty. Guilty, but... Guilty, guilty, guilty. Yeah. We'll see what happens there. Sixth and Peabody, our location, Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Tonight, Game 7, the NLCS, Philadelphia's first Game 7 ever, 140 years. Crazy. Nuts. Right now, uh, Philadelphia, minus 170 on the money line. If you haven't taken your shot with points bet, now's the perfect moment. Big reason why is exclusively for first-time points bet users. You can grab this offer. Right now, new PointsBet users can get up to $1,000 in second chance bets. If your first bet doesn't go as planned, PointsBet has your back with a second chance. You get this offer by visiting outkick.com slash bet. Outkick.com slash bet. You complete the registration process with PointsBet. Make your first bet. If your first bet happens to lose, that's when the second chance bets come into play. Remember, terms and conditions apply. You're going to be 21 or older in legal gambling states. Gambling problem? 1-800-GAMBLER. Head to outkick.com slash bet to snag this offer. Chad. Game seven you, tonight, Hutton. You know what else is tonight? Go ahead. Game one of the softball championship series oh, for my, my little team. Oh, yes. What's the, uh, what's the no, money I'm, line? I'm feeling the nerves a little bit. Not going to lie. Gonna lie. As we get closer Red to Sox the first pitch. Red Sox minus 170 like the Phillies? I don't know. We're 2-0 and against the team we're playing, but this team's uh, played no, really well in the last uh, last few games. Minus so 210. We'll see. But I'm getting that little uh, championship jitter. I feel it for the Phillies. And the Diamondbacks tonight, I feel it for my little Red Sox in our league two, this evening, too. Two teams that could be referred to as Destiny's Child. Uh, explain why you believe Philadelphia is Destiny's team this year. Well, it's a combination of a number of things. Um, but mainly, their stars are playing like stars. Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper Nick Castellanos, these guys are coming up big. Um, Trey Turner. I, I just look at their star-studded lineup, and I think this is this is the year. They got to the World Series a year ago, lost to Houston. Houston's not in their way this year. But that has to start with a Game 7 win tonight against a feisty Arizona team. Yeah, and recently they've jumped, off to, jumped out to big leagues. Arizona has, just like they did against the Dodgers. But, hey, uh, at home, Philadelphia 6-1. and one. There's a reason why uh, Houston... Last night, you're iffy, right? If you're like, oh, they, they can't win at home. Schilling's pointed out the, the home record, and as many have. Uh, Chad, meanwhile, Philadelphia, considered to be the loudest environment, and I'm certainly loud with the boos yesterday. I'm with you. I don't think that's going to be the case. Uh, the veteran group, the advantage of playing at home, and the Phillies 
back to the World Series. Well, every every team that goes on a run and wins a World Series, they've got a somewhat unexpected pitching star in October. The Phillies have that in Ranger Suarez, who's pitching this game. He was a stud in game one in his short stint against the Braves, a stud in game four in the clinching game against them. He's been good throughout. I think that uh, he's also the difference in this one. I think the Phillies get it done and head to the World Series for a second straight year. And if it's Arizona? Bad. Yeah. Bad um, for viewership. It's the Diamondbacks and the Rangers. It'll be bad either way, probably. Yeah, I'm not expecting great things ratings-wise. How about the uh, Browns wide receiver David Bell? Uh, His niece was born inside Lucas Oil Stadium during Cleveland's win over Indianapolis this past Sunday. Crazy. Yeah. So he played college ball at Purdue. Yeah. And now he's a Cleveland Brown, and, well, he's got tons of family members there, and his niece is born while the game's going on. Was this baby early? Uh, Or was this this a possibility going into the game? Yeah, it would have to be. Uh, the, the mom, uh, Kareem Butler, uh, it happened at one twenty in the afternoon, 20 minutes after the kickoff. Um, niece, we went into labor, and they delivered her at one twenty. so it's a really exciting day today. I believe the baby was supposed to, like, uh, was due on October 26th, so that would be this coming Thursday. So it's a lot like uh, Sean McVay's situation, right? Can I be frank about Where he the was story? Gonna, he could have missed the game recently, but... It didn't happen. May, may I be honest about this story? <laughs> oh, yeah. Go ahead. Way too close to the due date to be going to an NFL football game. 26th? That's, they, she went into labor. That's Thursday. She went into labor. This was Sunday? Crossing the street. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sunday, this past Sunday. All right. I, I uh, Browns won. Look, I, there are plenty of people who pretend they have an MD. I do not have an MD, so I'm not one to say this, but I bet if we got a doctor on here right now, a, a baby-delivering doctor, on the show, if uh, Cliff Huxtable, bad representative, sorry, he's been canceled. Um, if there was an actual doctor on here, not Bill Cosby playing a doctor, and we polled that doctor about the decision four days away from the due date to go to an NFL football game. How about Dr. David Chow? I'm willing to bet most doctors that aren't of the very herbal, natural variety would advise the mother to stay home to be in a place where she can quickly get to her doctor, not crossing the street going to an NFL game. I'm just going to throw that out there. I'm, but again, I agree. I raise my hand, and I fully admit, not a doctor, not a doctor, but I bet that's what a doctor would say. But I'm, I'm happy that mom, baby, everyone is okay. We're thrilled to hear that news. That sounds insane, as does to me, uh, uh, jumping to uh, Katie Nolan, who admits how many unread emails she has and notifications on her phone. 22,922 unread emails on her phone. This would be the bane of my existence, seeing that. I can't, can you see the number on my mail? And you want to uh, read it for everyone? Where is your mail? It's right oh, there. Oh, yeah, so you, you have it very hidden here. Does your phone get mail? 4,052. <laughs> 4,052 for Chad Withrow. Is it simply a junk mail? It's, I, I don't know how, how to clear it. I, like, oh, it's, I, I read clear my it. email online. Yeah, it's all, it's all oh, on you there. Have, you don't have it synced up. I don't read email. Yeah, I've got two different email accounts, Gmail and a work account. This is my Gmail account attached. So every bit of junk mail comes in, goes here. If I delete it, it goes into the junk mail folder on my Gmail account on my computer. 
but it goes right to my phone here. So most of these I don't even see, but I open them, all my new emails from actual people right. on Gmail, and then read them, but it doesn't make it go away from here. Well, there's a button. You can simply just go in and click mark all as red, and then it will clear out that number doesn't for do you. It. I've done that on my phone, and that number continues to go up. Okay. Yeah. Mark all as red has been around for a minute or two, Hut. I, d- I will do it right so now, Dave, if you'd Jack's like to phone. see it. I will put mark all as red, and it will not, that so number will Jack's not go phone. away. It will only go up. How many do you have, Hut? I'm looking right now. I have 54 currently, and okay. that's without me really going through these today. Um, so, yeah, 54 unread emails. And that was as of really the start of the show. A lot of, a lot of it is this whatever subscription service that I was randomly subscribed through through work. Uh, and uh, press pressers from uh, SIDs and or media relations directors across the NFL. Do you ever take the time to actually go in and unsubscribe to a list? Oh, yeah. If you're on it? Okay. Yeah. Now, what I can do is just put today's emails on there, maybe, that I'm seeing, and then change it to that, and then it'll go it'll away. Go, it'll drop down to like 3,000. Let's see what happens today's when I do email. that. Uh, your, your phone may die. <laughs> this may be the, the death of it. Yeah, this is what Verizon's been waiting on. Uh, they have been waiting on the opportunity to uh, zap your phone. Because uh, I, I, I long said... It's even still before, at 4,052. Even before... Not Verizon, Apple. Even before Apple admitted to sabotaging their own devices, I long said... Chad, back me up on this. Yeah, you were I, way ahead of, the, of this one. My conspiracy theory, when you have an update on your phone, they were draining your battery on purpose. And, oh, by the way, it was around a holiday... Or it was when they had a new version of the iPhone coming out. You're going to see those ads, or you're going to be related to or with uh, uh, someone that's going through this as they update their phone at 2 a.m. in the middle of the night because it was charging. And you, I, I, I never try to say, yes, update. Because I, I, I know exactly what they're doing. I've got the uh, model uh, twice removed from the one they're putting out now. And I know it's about that time to cut my battery off by about 60% uh, on the strength of, of the device. You nailed it. You were way ahead on this one. I want you to go buy the new you, equipment. You had the story a long time ago. I'll also say that uh, my wife, Angie, had to go get her phone fixed today because it just went out, would not charge back up, would not turn on. Had to take it to the Apple store, and they were able to repair it. She's got one of the newer iPhones. My old iPhone right here has never come close to doing anything like that. I truly believe this iPhone 6 predates what Hutton is talking about, and there's no Apple update that can infect this phone. I'm knocking on wood. Except through email if you As open I it. say this, but no, it's just... No, I'm uh, saying if you open the email, 4,062. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I open email on here all the time. It just continues to pile up <laughs> this, if I want to. If, if I know that I'm going to see something like... You haven't opened the right one. Uh, you know, like when I get free sweet tickets or whatever right, it may yeah. be, it'll come to my account, you know, as I tend to do. Yeah. So I'll have to go into my phone and go into the Gmail, and I'll get the email right there and click on it and have it no problem. But that's just one of those 4,000... So, and such odd emails going away. The rest are still there. I still play uh, NCAA football from like 2014, and it'll say like the servers are no longer available. Like Chad's device has made it to that point. They're no longer available. I mean, at some point, I'm going to be able to sell this puppy online well, for a lot of money. They finally weeded out. Especially uh, when it continues to work. My, my mom did not want to get rid of her flip phone. She gives zero about uh, yeah. the, the, the iPhone. Did Good not want... 
She just wanted it whenever she was. You she know, liked out the doing feeling the of farm. it flipping. Like someone Not even might the like it the... was just she knew how to work it. She didn't really yeah. care about having uh, you know certain apps. Doesn't not into it. Not into it. My dad and, and likes the feeling of a her, Chris newspaper. They in his hands. forced her to get. Finally, they forced her to get a uh, an actual iPhone, and she figured out how to work it. I still have my iPod. They're about touch. to do that with Chad. They make. Do they? They don't make iPod touches anymore. No, right? this is from 2008. I would say it's probably around the same time your phone came out. I just. I've got the the push button at the bottom, which they don't make anymore. The home button. Yeah. The home button. Yes, thank yeah. you. That I like it. There's no reason to change it. You adjust pretty quickly you once you get button, rid of it. You, you don't have the fingerprint acknowledgement, right? I also don't think that there's going to be something. I mean, I've I have worked other iPhones of the newer variety. I don't think Facial I'm login. missing out anything on these iPhones that I'm going to get the new iPhone. But oh my gosh, this is a new. This you, is like seeing in high definition for the first time. They all have the same functions. Uh, I get on every app I need to on this iPhone. You'd be surprised. I went. It's kind of like in the automobile industry. I went from an 01 Blazer to a 2022. Uh, Toyota Camry, and I, I didn't know how to operate like the first day in that car. It was everything was so different. Well, having... I mean, look, if you're making movies on your phone like they're advertising now, if you're in cinema mode and filming things, yeah, yeah get the new iPhone or the newest smartphone to do yeah. that. They go sign a contract not, with Netflix. I'm not doing any of that. Yeah, I don't. I'm not. I'm not making any of the short films that I've written into an iPhone movie. So I'm fine with this iPhone. You just need call, text, and Twitter. Call, text, Twitter. Um, sports sports betting apps, Instagram, all of them look exactly the same on my phone as they do on yours or anyone else's. My favorite phone to this day was my old BlackBerry. People that the, the BlackBerry track, the, the trackball the BlackBerry movie's good by the way, just titled BlackBerry about the formation of that company. The trackball. People that own the BlackBerry love it. I loved it. Love it. I loved it. Uh, my mom, who's a labor and delivery nurse. Chad, she's listening. The first time I think she's ever uh, no, chimed nice. in while listening. Maybe the first. Uh, here we go. Tell Chad he put out some good information on a pregnant woman that chose close to her due date uh, to go to a ball game. Yes. That's so it. she agrees with me. She agrees. That's good information. Good yeah. information. Davey, uh, maybe. Again, not a doctor, but I, I'm happy to hear from the medical field on that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, great uh, strategy for a lottery winner recently. Uh I, I mean, no. I guess you could say it's great. It's just strange, and you would think... $22 million, right? In today's age, correct. But this man, uh, he decided not to tell anyone except his wife. I think that's smart. And so he has two teenage kids, and the kids don't even know. Now, apparently he called in to, to Dave Ramsey. Um, <laughs> well, I don't think he gave a real name. So, But the, the idea is, and like I, I can Jim respect Richards. this... He's not going to tell his kids. They're going to continue to go through college, find their way. They're not quitting their jobs, keeping the same vehicles. The, the house was paid off beforehand. So this money's just sitting to where they have a couple of people that know how to handle such large finances and uh, managing that, that fund pretty much. Do they, then, does this family already have money? It didn't seem like they had money. They were a nice middle-class family that okay. had paid off all their debt. And just, you know, it's really was, smart. Cut up yeah. their credit card. Clearly and, use the Ramsey method yeah. if they're listening to Driving the show. Driving a 2001 Honda Accord. And, yeah. and so eventually the, he's like, we'll eventually tell our kids, but none of our family knows. So nobody's asking for handouts. And uh, they're just like, we're just going to keep living our daily life. I think that would make it far less stressful. Um, but if this were the NCAA looking into it, the media would figure out who this person is and tell the kids. Oh, yeah. Right. Social media investigators would be all over it. We're taking the Phillies. Hopefully we're right. Join us there, outkick.com slash bet. Join us tomorrow at 3 Eastern.